Happy Thanksgiving, Daily Hopers. Nick here. We're in Job chapter 17 today. Have you ever thought that no one around you sees things quite the way that you do? Now, my wife has the veto rule, we call it, with fashion. Because sometimes I don't quite get it right. These old t-shirts that for me are friends and you never give away an old friend or throw them away. But my wife says, you know, the t-shirt's done, you've got to chuck it away. Most of the time, when everyone around us is seeing something differently than we are, it's actually because we're wrong. But when it comes to the things of God, it's not always necessarily so. We know him to be good. We know him to be kind. Even if those around us are giving advice to the contrary, that was what was happening for Job. Now, the book of Job, most likely the oldest written in the Bible, is in three main sections. And we can misread it, misunderstand it, if we read through a chapter a day. I know that's what we're doing. But think of it like this. The first section is what we'll call the setting, chapters 1 and 2. It tells this story of this guy called Job who was blessed by the Lord. And Satan comes before God and says, he and he loves you because you're blessing him. God says, no, he is a good man. Satan says, okay, can I put him to the test? And God agrees to it. The end section, uh, chapters 37 uh, through to chapters 42, is where ultimately God speaks and God vindicates Job for his uh, right standing and his right attitude in the face of suffering. But the big section of the book is in the middle, and it's chapters 3 through to verse 37, uh, chapter 37 rather, is all these guys who come before Job, his mates. There's, uh, there's uh, Elihu, and there's, uh, there's Eliphaz, and there's Zophar, and these guys who come to Job and they give him well-meaning but uh, ultimately misguided advice. I call it the sophistry and sadness section because these guys are giving these articulate sounding arguments but ultimately they're, they're wrong and they're actually uh, you know, rebuked by God himself in chapter 42. They said, you're in folly. Even though you had all this good sounding advice, ultimately it was wrong. Um, and sadness, Job's sadness. Here it's one of the sadness sections. And Job is lamenting. He begins in verse 1. He says, my spirit is broken. He says, my only hope is for the grave. He actually says, um, I, I want to go do down and join the worms and say to the worm, my mother and my sister, you know, riffing off this thing that we're all going to become worm food. We're all going to die. He says, that's my only hope. My only hope is for the grave. He says in verse 15, where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? All has gone. I'm under dire suffering. Don't you know? And even worse, his friends are actually not any use to him. He says, I will not find a wise man among you. God, you've closed their minds to understanding. They're just giving me human wisdom. His friends were talking out of the fact that they were blessed and they carried the assumption with them that because they were blessed materially and with things on this side of eternity, the things that, that they were going to say had great worth. But it's not always the case, is it? The key to understanding this chapter, I think, is here, is referenced in verse 9. Even though Job is undergoing this suffering, even though there's no hope, his only hope he feels is in the grave. In verse 9, he says this, Nevertheless, the righteous will hold to their ways, and those with clean hands will grow 
stronger. Notwithstanding the suffering that's around me, notwithstanding the hardship that I'm in, I will not turn from you, Lord. I will not curse your name. I will say, I don't understand the suffering I'm going through, but you are good. And ultimately, Job is vindicated. And those who were giving this, uh, you know, this advice to him that was so articulate and sounded so clear and logical actually were wrong. So friends, in as much as sometimes we're in suffering and we need to not turn from the Lord, when we're in a place of blessing and today we're remembering uh, with thanksgiving the relationships, the family, the church, all that God has given us, we're to turn our eyes to God and say, Lord, you have given us these things. Today, we are thankful. Friends, today I'm thankful for you that I get to be part of your church and I look forward to catching up with you this weekend. But let's lift up our hearts. Today, why don't you say a prayer of thanks to God for all that he's blessed you with. Take care and I look forward to seeing you soon.